100 years ago, the proud ship Beryl Green sailed out of Hushwave City on its way north to Ranhold. It was near the coast, perhaps nearer to the coast than it should have been, when it was overtaken by the coral and sank to the bottom of the sea along with its cargo. It contained parts, weapons, materials, and most importantly, schematics. Today, Tissa, Cobb, and Penelope, having just met at a party and still a little bit buzzed, are exploring the resurrected wreck of the Beryl Green. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. With us today, we have Kathleen as Tissa. Hi. We have Kirsten as Penelope. Hello. And we have Nick as Cobb. Hey, everybody. So what happened last time? Penelope took Cobb's turkey. She took it, she threw it on the ground. And I threw it on the ground. Welcome to the real world. Technically, a big cat ate it. Mm, Technically. True. (laughs) Still, welcome to the real world. But who gave it to the cat? Clearly, there is blame to go around. There's so much blame to go around. So you are all standing on the shore, just past the lava plains looking at the wreck of an old merchant vessel. It has been dredged up by the coral, and the barrel green is resting on a lacy network of white coral structures. So, uh, so what's the plan, guys? Uh, My previous plan stands of trying to get closer and get aboard. Well, that's going to be that's going to be Cobb's first uh, sort of assessment as he wants to get on over there, and he'll he'll test him out a little bit, you know, get the the one the one foot there, give it a couple of quick presses, just make sure that it doesn't seem like it's going to disintegrate underneath him, and he's going to try and start making his way to the to over to the ship. Penelope and Pollyanna will follow. Tissa is probably going to just be distracted by the fact that there's a lot of coral here, and she gets to get up close with it and is probably going to, like, poke at it a little bit with her spear. Um, uh, Kirsten, you've said a false thing. Pollyanna's not walking on that. She's not gonna. She gives it a little, like, she's standing beside Tissa giving a little kick with her hooves. She doesn't want to do it. She's not going to do it. Okay. Um, Mm-mm. I'm going to try to fly over to the ship and maybe there's a spot that we can land safely near the ship or on the ship. Yeah, I'm going to kind of scout out see if there's a, a safer, more comfy landing spot. Um, the ship is quite, quite tilted. So, I mean, you could give it a shot. The surface is probably pretty slick. Okay. Uh, that'd be understanding writing. Yeah. Give me understanding riding. That sounds perfect. All right. Ooh, <laughs> two edge successes. Heck yeah. <laughs> We're getting into it already. Uh, okay. Best rule. <laughs> if you keep these edge successes, Pollyanna's going to get wrapped up in one of the survival challenges I have for you guys. Oh. You know what? Maybe it'll be best. We're not going that far. Um, 
Pollyanna can wait for us. They don't like to leave her, but I'm sure she'll be okay if she waits for us by the by the ship or by the by the lookout point that we're at right now. And um, it's probably safest that way. So, I mean, Pollyanna seems perturbed because you guys are you guys are usually together, but the coral is extremely upsetting to a cloven hooved person. It'll be okay. I'll be right back. Here, I've got some apples, and you have a snack, and we're just over there, so you can see us. We'll be right back. She kind of snorts at no, you. No, it'll be, I'm sorry. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And I, I leave them apples, and she's not the happiest, but. No, no. Yeah, Cobb is basically, like, sort of checking his pack at this point. Probably going to, like, drop a bunch of stuff off, take maybe, like, a net or something with him, just because he doesn't want to. You know, the extra weight of your your pack and all that stuff is a bit much, but like a good survival knife, you know, his sword, and maybe something to haul treasure back with. Mm, I like how you're thinking. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> this isn't the part where I tell you if there's treasure, guys. Look. <laughs> guys, you have to go in there to see if there's treasure. That's how this works. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta make sure that you're taking something to bring the treasure back with you. Okay, fine. Let's go. I'm bored now, <laughs> and I'm gonna head toward the ship. So, who wants to give me a sensitivity survival roll? I can do it. I can do it nine times. Ooh, sensitivity. I can get one success. Ooh, a success. I can get an edge. Okay, so um, I was just trying to see who did the worst. So it is you, absolutely. So Tissa, as you're walking along the lacy surface of the coral, you see perhaps a little bit too late something translucent and shriveled caught up in the web of uh, coral deposits. And it is a stinging jellyfish, and you suddenly feel a shooting pain up through your leg as it wraps its lacy, thread-like tendrils around you. There's enough bite in those stings to um, to suck, like, a lot. Ooh. So here's where we stand. You guys right now have a survival pool of six. You spent two last time. You can spend one to say that you have got the appropriate gear to fix this problem, or... Tis is going to take damage every time she makes a daring roll. Ooh. So I've got um, one of my combat specialties is deprived. That means that I don't take penalties from survival challenges in combat. Yes. So would that apply to that, like, once if we start fighting something? Yes, exactly. So if you make a daring roll to, say, leap across a gap, you'll take damage. But if you make an attack roll against an opponent? Okay. Well, one die isn't very much, and I did get most of the pool last episode, I think, is what I remember. So I think I'm going to be greedy and say we should use it. We'll still have a bunch left. Okay. I mean, I could also try uh, some medicine to see if there's something I could do. Or is it just going to happen unless we say we have the proper gear? It's survival challenge, my dude. Mm. All right. Uh... I mean, if you're comfortable with it, I'm comfortable with it. Well, I don't know how long survival challenges last and how long pulls last, but 
I think we should use it. Yes, Cobb agrees. As a sailor who has probably been stung by a jellyfish before himself, he knows that it sucks a whole lot. Yep. And he wants everybody to be uh, to be up and running and in, in top condition. Sorry, did you say should or shouldn't? Because I, I, I thought you said shouldn't. And I'm like, oh, okay, if you're okay with not using it. Oh, no, we're going to fix this, I think, is the party's consensus. Oh, okay, okay, yes. Jellyfish stings suck. Yes, well, let's fix it. All right, Um. so now we have five. And you all begin to walk to the barrel green. And you can now see its name etched very deep in the wood. Or at least you think so. It says barrel gree, and there's so many barnacles. Barrel greed, I guess, you may think, as you stare at it. But that's not what it says, because I already did opening narration. (laughs) Yeah, Cobb. Oh, go ahead. Sorry about that. I was going to see how many times I could repeat that there were a lot of barnacles to either A, really drive home how crusty the ship is, or B, just uh, see how long I could get away with it. Oh. There's so many barnacles, you guys. Well, in that case... uh, Can I roll understanding to see if I understand how many barnacles there are? (laughs) Roll understanding barnacles. I think the ship's more barnacle than ship now. I have one success for rolling uh, if I understand barnacles. One success will tell you that there are more barnacles here than you can count on your hands. Okay, good. Yes, no, thank, thanks to all of the, the giant pile of barnacles, though, uh, when Cobb gets close, he's going to, like, basically find a good place to vault over, pry off a couple of the barnacles with his knife to get a good, basically get a good area, like a good, couple of good handholds, and, and haul himself over and, and extend a hand down for anyone who needs it. That sounds to me like a daring athletics role. You, maybe. Maybe it is. <sighs> Wait, I'm not sure if Audacity picked that up. Give me a second. <sighs> <laughs> well, sigh at me all you want, because I got three successes. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. wow. <laughs> yeah, all right. No. As it turns out, the sailor is really good at getting in a ship. Who knew? You guys walk up to the barnacle-encrusted hull of the barrel green. It is draped in kelp. It has not seen the light of day for decades. I mean, in the opening narration, I said over a century, but you guys don't know that for sure right now, regardless. And just as you're all staring up at the wreck of this ship, Cobb just kind of uh, pulls out his knife and hops up. He's just up there now. He's just up there. And uh, what does everyone else do? Hey, now, he's, he's extending a hand down for anybody who needs it. Hey, before we get up there, what else is up there? Um, kelp. Okay. Cob. There's a cob up there now. Fair enough. You don't see anything like bananas, like uh, like a uh, orc chieftain or something. What about bananas? Well, the bananas would all be at shore, right? Yeah. If there were any bananas on this ship, there are no longer bananas on this ship, my dude. I don't. I didn't know if maybe we might be in a we might be in a banana heavy area. They are tropical. Yeah. Yeah. I want to keep it moving. So, uh, do I have to roll anything to get up there too? How about daring athletics? Okay. Yeah. Sure. You do automatically get one success because Cobb is oh three successes, four successes with. Oh, I got two successes. So I don't know what I was worrying about. Yeah. No. You you climb on up there. All right. 
Come on, everybody up. Thanks, Jonathan. All right. So, as I mentioned earlier, the deck of the barrel green is on something like a 60-degree slope. It didn't come up exactly upright. And the deck is slick with, I mean, kelp, algae, ocean goo, salt, water. There's any number of substances that are making this deck fairly unpleasant to traverse. Ahead of you, there is a doorway leading to some stairs, and further beyond that, another doorway leading into a small enclosed area. So the couple places that we want to look, if there is anything left worth picking out of this ship, would be the captain's, lo- uh, <clears throat> captain's lounge and the hold. They might have something down in the hold, depending on if they were a merchant vessel. And of course, you know, any fancy stuff that the captain might have in the in their lockbox might be there as well. Cobb is also going to sort of just think back to his ship days and try and figure out like what parts of the ship are made out of like what kinds of wood to see if he can't maybe think, okay, like don't step here. This is a much softer wood versus like obviously the hull is going to be, you know, treated and all that kind of stuff. Okay, I'm going to need understanding survival from you. Ah, three successes, rolling hot. Which is pretty good seeing as his understanding is one of Cobb's weaknesses. I'm not the best at understanding either. (laughs) But apparently Cobb was paying attention in shipwright class that day. He was paying attention in school one time. He had a particularly attractive teacher and wanted to impress them. (laughs) Okay. So Cobb is scanning the area, trying to remember where any danger spots might be. Tissa, check out this weird place you found yourself in. Uh... I don't know what to do, so um, I want to introduce the magic mechanic. What uh, words are there over here? Let's see. I have access to that information right now. It's time for superpowers, everybody. Magic is superpowers. I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to grab some navigator ones for now. Okay. Because the entire list is there when I was doing the list because he kept just shouting words. They were good words. I was like, what's a good tropical word? And he was like, hot. And I was like, Nick. And he was like, hot. And I was like, Nick. And he was like, sweltering. And I was like, Nick. Bananas. <laughs> like, specifically, I'm interested in nouns right now. Bananas. Alrighty. I'm just keeping track of the ones I'm using. Okay, so the nouns you can feel here are... Depth, secret, and we're going to say salt. Uh, I would like to try to uh, finding secret. Oh, why did I say the word secret to him, Magus? Okay. So what do you want the spell finding secret to do? Um, I, I want to know what the deal is. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not like as money focused here as Cobb is, but this is a thing that's been uh, drowned for a long time, and there might be something really cool to learn about it. Like how much gold's in it? <laughs> oh, Cobb. I'm gonna say that 
You can either scatter three, and that's a spell that's going to give you a trail to, I guess, what like what this ship considers its most important secret. Or you can just scatter two, and you're going to have a vision of it. Not necessarily its location, but like a vision of it. Uh, let's scatter three and just uh, have it tell us what it has. What's going okay. on? My next question is, what does Tissa's magic look like? Tissa tends to, when she is feeling magic, um, tends to really relax. She closes her eyes or rolls her eyes into her head and maybe goes a little bit translucent, like she's she's listening really, really hard. She is she's a wandering magus, and so... She's about listening to stories. And so um, Tissa's magic is about listening to the things around her and seeing what they have to say. What kind of comes into being in the air in front of you is a twisting and winding ribbon of light. And as you or the others make noises, the sounds of your footfalls against the deck, the sounds of the seagulls crying outside the ship— the ribbon responds, wavering slightly in the air, and it leads to the far door. It gives off a slight white light as it does, and not maybe enough to illuminate a full room, but enough that you can see a definite glow from it. Uh, yeah, the ship wants us to go this way, and she just sort of, like, blithely follows it. Penelope follows as well. Um, oh, we're going into the hull, aren't we? It is... No, as I see that the the ribbon's leading towards the hull, she kind of pauses for a moment. Um, does anybody have a torch with them? I don't seem to have one at the moment. Oh, a good sailor doesn't need a torch to go into the hold of a ship. Oh, right. Uh, let me check. Actually, no. Cobb totally doesn't because he brought, like, his knife, his swords, and, like, maybe, like, a knapsack or something like that. Yeah, for the treasure. Yeah, for the treasure. Like, yeah. Cobb, like, poking around a ship is is second nature to Cobb, so uh, he's he's going to come up empty on that one. Tissa didn't hear you. She's in the thing already. <laughs> oh, no. Hmm. Well, if you're one, if you're worried about getting lost, just uh, just keep a hand on my shoulder and just follow me. No, oh, okay. Um, thank you. Uh, she tentatively like puts a hand on, clutching a little too tight, and kind of slowly follows behind. So remember when we were tallying up your guys' successes mm -hmm. and I told you there was one survival challenge I wasn't going to let you use them for? Oh, it's this one. Mm. The party can say they brought lumber to patch up particularly dangerous spots or else every time they enter a new area of the ship, they must make a sensitivity roll with survival or engineering. Oh, no. Um, For Cobb, that roll is one easier. 
because he was explicit. He explicitly stated he was looking for weak spots in the floor. This isn't the first time Cobb's been in a shitty, shitty uh, shipwreck. Yeah, I suppose I don't get to use navigation for this. I do not have engineering, but I have a hell of survival. I'm going to blunder into something first. That's how you do it. By that you mean you rolled bad, huh? I rolled one edge success. I think it's narratively appropriate for me to get hurt here. Yep, okay. So, um, Tissa was not listening when Penelope was discussing her trepidations about the darkness and was instead just going in there, following this ribbon of light. Um, the ribbon of light is definitely not enough to, like, read by, but you can kind of see where you're going. But you cannot see where you're going well enough to avoid just falling through a big old rotten patch of floor. So, Tissa is going to take a damage. All right. And Penelope, uh, follow. I'm not on the, I'm not on the deck anymore, everybody. Oh, jeez. Oh, it's like Cobb, Cobb, like, tries to go over and catch her, but doesn't get there in time. Penelope also falls through because I rolled nothing. <laughs> Penelope, you also just fall right through the floor there, um, perhaps a little bit too close to the hole where Tissa fell in. You, too, go for a tumble in the same just blur of splinters and land next to Tissa on the deck below. Oof. Oh. Mm. Mm. It's kind of slimy, huh? Oh, this is uh, this is why I don't like dark things. Yeah. Cobb, Cobb got two successes. Oh, Cobb's fine. Yeah, Cobb's gonna look down and say, "Just, just, just stay there, okay? Let your eyes get accustomed to the darkness a little bit." Yeah, okay, sure thing. Like, just, just hang on. I'll be down in a second. Okay, uh, okay. You can feel Penelope has like kind of taken hold of whatever arm or leg or whatever is nearest to her and is like kind of clutching on Tessa a little bit. You absolutely got a fistful of scarf is what you got. All right. (laughs) Cobb just kind of shakes his head and sort of mutters landlubbers under his breath. (laughs) Why? Because these two are total (laughs) landlubbers. It's a cartoon. Yeah, but I'm not a (laughs) landlubber. This is true, and honestly, better a cartoon than a landlubber. So, Nick, how do you plan on getting down to where Tissa and Penelope are lying right now? So, um, I'm guessing that this is into one of the, like, lower holds. Like, there should be stairs or something in the back of the ship that that Cobb can just walk down normally to get into the lower area. Oh, okay. Okay, so so Cobb just takes the stairs. He's going to have his sword out, so that way he can just kind of, like you know, push things aside or, you know, like if there's kelp or other things, he can kind of hack away at it. Or at least he'll have his sword out. Obviously, he still has the captain's saber, but yeah, Cobb will have in in one hand, he's got his regular sword, but he'll have his nautical knife in the other hand. He'll kind of use that to sort of like stick into the wall and give himself, basically give himself a handhold that he can just kind of drag along the wall to, to help keep from slipping. Okay, and since the stairs are a new area, give me that roll. Give me that sensitivity roll. Um, one success. 
No, yeah, that'll do the trick. Oh, hi. Hey. Uh, you didn't go too far. Uh, yeah, further than I would have liked. Uh, what is what is this part? Hmm, looks like the galley. Probably not going to be a whole lot to find in here. This is a big public area, so nothing too fancy. Anything that would that would have been of value probably got washed away a long time ago. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder if there's a lot of stuff that's still on the seafloor. Oh, most certainly. If we go down further and find that there's probably holes in the in the hole, I would imagine that anything in, that anything down there in the hole probably got spilled out. Well, I the the ship still thinks we should go go that way. Yeah, no, that way. Which way is that way, cop? No, I don't know your name. Which way? Which way is is that way, big guy? Uh. Is it further into the ship? Is it down towards the hold? What, which way? Which way is Tissa pointing, illustrious GM? Um, Tissa's actually pointing what would be slightly upward. It looks like um, maybe the captain's quarters. Hmm, looks like captain's quarters. Yeah, I could have told you that much, and Cobb just kind of like smirks to himself. <laughs> but yeah, most likely they most likely the captain had some sort of lockbox or. Other thing. Oh, maybe the captain still has a uh, some of his navigation tools. Mine are kind of... Well, I'm sure they'd be old and useless by this point, but... Again, that lockbox, though. Ah, oh, but I'm talking to myself. Come on, up, up, up. Oh, thank you. All right, now everybody stay near and hold on to me. We'll get there. And Penelope immediately, again, clutches to your shoulder and is, like, keeping a pretty tight grip. <laughs> no. Let's all take it easy and head up to the captain's quarters. And Cobb is going to, like, slowly, and he's going to make sure that everybody's still there and, and help the crew up to the captain's quarters. Okay, I'm going to ask you to make a sensitivity engineering roll to determine what can and can't support your weight here. All right. Can Cobb roll to help? What if I did adaptability mid-ranged weapons? I'm using my spear as a, like, a climbing tool. Okay. I'm going to allow um, this, but God help you if any of those are ones. <laughs> uh, three successes. Heck yeah. You hit a rotten patch, but you, you spear into a more secure area of wood and are fine. Uh, I got one success. Yeah, one success is fine. Okay. Okay. So you guys are back out on the deck of the Barrel Green. If you look into the distance, as I'm sure you will inevitably upon returning to the world of daylight, you'll notice that the horizon has grown suddenly extremely dark. And that a smear of distant rain connects those clouds with the mm. ocean. Uh-oh. Um, how am I, like, Jonathan, do you, can you tell how long those clouds are going to take to get to us? Mm, inclement weather, eh? Uh, Jonathan was going to, he's, he's going to think back to all of his time out on the, on the sea, sort of remember what the navigators told him. He's going to use understanding uh, survival nautical Yep. To see if you can't figure out what's going on here. That's what I'm going to ask you for. Yep. 
Two successes. Yeah. Um, two successes is going to tell you that this storm is going to hit before dark. All right. So it's, it's what, like mid-afternoon then? So we have like a couple hours no, maybe? Um, sunset has started. Sun's low in the sky, but it hasn't hit dark yet. Okay. So we've got like maybe 30 minutes then. Okay. All right. Let's... Yeah. Let's check out the captain's quarters and then maybe we should start heading back before the rain starts to come. It'll make walking back over this so treacherous. Yeah, no, if we get stuck on this during the rain, uh, even I'm not going to be able to hold my footing that well. I asked the universe if there was plot somewhere and it has to be over here, so we have to do it or else nothing will ever happen in the whole podcast. Look, gold gold is a, is a perfectly good plot. The real plot was the friends we made along the way. Oh, uh, thank you, Kirsten. I'm the GM. I'm not in this scene. <laughs> so we made along the way. How you doing there, Penelope? I'm doing better. I feel better to be out on the deck. Uh, yeah, did not like the hold. I'm glad to be out. Um, my my grip relaxes a bit from Jonathan's shoulder, and uh, I follow him to the captain's quarters. And you guys hear the beating of powerful wings behind you. Oh. Pollyanna is hovering nearby. She seems not super pleased with the direction this situation is taking. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I know the storm. It looks like it's coming, but we'll be back before it gets here. Jonathan assures me we have about half an hour to an hour. We'll be back. I'm going to see if there's any pretty... um. Jewelry or something for you. You would look so nice, I know. Yes. I know sapphires are your favorite. I'll see I'll see what we have. Cobb Cobb is just kind of standing there. I know. Pearls if there aren't sapphires. And I, I think Pollyanna's making a similar expression to Cobb, just kind of staring at you blankly. <laughs> <laughs> I do hope there are pearls or sapphires though. Don't we all? I think that we can agree on. Okay, okay, but um, where is the ribbon of light taking us? Tiss is ready to keep exploring. Past the doorway that took Cobb down to you guys in the galley. And the ribbon is winding its way to another door. Yeah, it seems to be leading into the portion of the ship that has been swallowed by the ocean and the coral can we open the door or is it like kind of jammed with the coral? Um, I don't know. Can you open the door? Mm, I test it. I see how, if it, if it moves. <laughs> yep. That's how you play role-playing games. <laughs> Penelope reaches out to take the door and gives it a good, a good wiggle. And it does move. It seems to move kind of the timbers seem to separate from each other rather than actually using its hinges. But one thing you notice is that portions of the door have been speared through by coral. Oh. So coral coming from the the other side of the door. Okay, I, I cautiously take a pretty sturdy footing as I can and um, try to keep moving the door a little bit more and more so that I can kind of peer in and see if, you know, how much this room is overtaken by the coral or if there's anything we can kind of, like, navigate around. Okay, I'm actually going to ask you to make me a 
daring athletics roll to just punch it open. All right. Uh... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, one edge success. Oh. Uh, rolling so bad. Okay, look, my dude. Like, here's the thing about this door. Like, there's there's spikes on it. There's spikes mm-hmm. on it. So if you keep this edge success, uh, I mean, you screw it up. I'm not going to be happy. That's... No, you're going to get spiked, my dude. Uh, hmm. Actually, I'm going to see if I can do... I'm going to actually examine those hinges with understanding tinkering to see if there's a way to kind of, like, take the hinges off that would make it, like, to get the door off that way. Okay. (laughs) One edge success. You roll bad, my dude. Penelope versus door. Door wins. Penelope is not at home on the sea. (laughs) (laughs) Or anywhere else where there are doors. It's like me in real life. (laughs) Tissa kind of pokes at one of the coils that are spearing through and kind of like pokes at the door and like looks at the like the algae that's on her finger and like looks at Cotton's like, Bika, you got anything here? Well, if I had to get through here, I'd probably try and remove some of the coral first. Here, let me let me take a shot at it. And uh, Cobb is going to sort of like brace himself and try and kick some of the coral out of the door. You'll have to move Penelope out of the way. She's still like super deep into trying to examine those hinges. What are hinges? And what do <laughs> they do? How? How hinges? We just don't know. And <laughs> wait, wow, so hit. Pollyanna is just shaking her big antlered head at you. <laughs> and it's hard to tell if she's doing it because she's kind of anxious about the storm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah you are gonna, is going to is going to try and like, come on, come on, like give me give me give me some room to work here. I'll get us in. Hmm? Oh, oh, okay. Um and she shuffles to the side a little bit. Cobb is going to daring athletics the hell out of these corals and the door hopefully. Okay. Do it. Daring athletics. Three successes. Cobb's a big guy, and he's he's kicked a lot of things before. He's not... Look, he has kicked open doors that don't want to be opened before. Let's just put it that way. You know, I'm starting to suspect that Cobb is a ne'er-do-well. <laughs> I don't know what gave you that idea. It does sound a little ominous. <laughs> Did you warn me that you were playing a ne'er-do-well? No, it's it's fine. It's totally fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. It's privateering. Mm. This is how you privateer. <laughs> Look, Cobb is a good guy. But that's all there is to it. Tissa immediately wants to know what's through the door. Yep. <laughs> As you enter the captain's quarters, it is like the rest of the ship tilted on a 60-degree angle. There were once curtains here, although those have long since been rotted and shredded to nothing. Beside the door, there is what may have been a flagpole, although it certainly didn't hold any flag you would remember. The desk is anchored to the floor, damaged by water and algae. Half of the room is completely encased in white coral. There is just a creep of coral up the side of the desk, Beside the desk is a large locked chest, also covered halfway with coral. And on the other side, there is what looks to be an old harp. 
its strings individually captured by a thin layer of bone white. I would like to do an understanding focus to see if, uh, I'd like to do an understanding focus to see what I'm interested in. Okay. One success and two edges. All right. Oh, goodness. Give me a second here. You know what? Uh, what do you guys think? Two edge successes. Mm. I think if you take the edge successes, um, I would say you know what you're looking for to the detriment of anything else. That yeah. That's on brand for Tissa. You know what? I love it. Yeah, that's exactly what we're going to say. We're going to, you know what you're interested in. And the rest just fades away. And and so so what what do I find myself walking toward? You gonna keep the edge successes then? Yeah. Okay. You find yourself walking toward that harp. Oh. Like if you get closer, you know how you, when you hang strings in syrup, it makes rock candy. Mm-hmm. It looks like that's happened to the harp strings with this coral. Oh. Uh, so like the crystals grow on the thing and and and. And she absolutely plucks one of the strings, or tries to. You take a damage. Hooray. The coral is spiky. Nice. The second thing is that, weirdly, the string vibrates. It's not in tune. It's being held at a weird place along its length. But the string vibrates, and the coral actually begins to shake off of it. This is cool. Um, while Tessa's watching the harp, I'm actually going to use magic of my own to cast a restoring secret to see what in this room um, is uh, was considered the most valuable by the captain. So, um, because I'm a big fan of binary choices today... You can either choose to scatter two, and the spell will show you the location of something valuable, or you can scatter three, and the spell will show you a recreation of what this room looked like. Ooh. Three. I'm taking the three. It's like thin, fine threads, almost like vines with tiny leaves kind of um, wrap around her and um, extend down her fingers and through her hair and um, if she's following it as a trail it'll trail um, towards where she needs to go Um, but in this instance it's just kind of surrounds her so as the tendrils come off you they weave themselves together into a scene This room as it used to be, set right and level, no coral, no water damage. The curtains are still in place. There's a flag depicting a boar, that means nothing to you, hanging beside the door. There are two men in the room. One of them is sitting at the desk, looking at an old book. The other is sitting and playing the harp. And every so often, the man at the desk will stop what he's doing and look up to watch. You see him 
carefully wrap up the book in several layers of cloth and tuck it into the lockbox beside his desk and then return to watching the harp. All right. Does this guy have, is any of them wearing an important looking hat? Uh, the man sitting at the desk is. All right. He's also got so many buttons. I I, I have a feeling he's the captain. That's how um, you know he's in charge. <laughs> I'm going to go to where the desk is and see if I can find the book. So there is a box sitting next to the desk. It's partially swallowed up by coral, but not entirely. I was going to ask where Cobb was focused, but... Cobb is 100% on the lockbox. Yeah, so what, you're not looking at the harp? He already has an instrument. He doesn't need a new one. Cobb is first, like, kind of trying to pry what he can of the coral off of the box with his knife. Okay. See if he can't, like, free the box from the coral's grip. Okay. Tissa, are you playing more harp notes? Um, she's kind of muttering to herself. I didn't think it was that brittle. Is it that brittle? But, hmm, I'll put it, hmm, kind of stuff. Um, and is not paying attention, and I don't know. Is she going to play more harp notes? She's going to, like, sort of ponder and mutter to herself for a while. Actually, I'd like to roll understanding, um, and... So I can find out, like, what do I know about coral? Um, you said you took survival tropical, right? Uh, not uh, coastal. Okay, let's let's go for survival coastal then. All right. So understanding coastal. Yeah. Cool. Uh, two successes. Two successes can tell you a lot, especially since you're a magus and you're attuned to stories and legends. Mm -hmm. It is believed in the Coral Coast that the coral is sentient, that it contains the spirit of an old hero who was transformed by chafing in order to protect this area. He was by, by the Dalith. Oh. Red, Chafing didn't like this. Didn't didn't like this boat. Oh no. I don't I don't think so. Huh. Cause 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 I, I, I touched I touched the string and it kind of like broke stuff, but like but like look, cause cause look at the way that we have these spears. Somebody didn't want this boat to boat. Uh, Big guy, why, why, why wouldn't? Do you know why? 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 Maybe someone wouldn't want this boat to. Hmm. Maybe it was carrying something that it shouldn't have been. I think I'm. This is where they might have had like a logbook or something in this box here. Um, or something. It might give us a clue as to what this boat was about. So now my question is, how are you guys getting into the lockbox? Mm. Well, unfortunately, Cobb does not have really the tools on hand to to get into the lockbox. He brought a knife and a sword, and, well, it's a lockbox. Mm-hmm. You can just, you know, take it off the ship. Yeah, we could bring it with us. How much time do we have till the storm comes in? 
we've been here a little while. Might be best just to take the box with us, head back to to a little bit steadier footing and open it there. As you're watching this spell, both the captain sitting at his desk and the man sitting at the harp both suddenly turn to look at the harp. Not the harp in the image. The captain was already looking in that direction, not necessarily at the harp, but at the harp outside of the image, the harp that Tissa has been focused on. And the bare string that now quivers in midair stands beside a crack in the coral. One that is growing. Oh hell, we need to get out of here. And then you hear that crack reverberate below you. Ah, uh, let's let's go go go. Oh no, that was my ending line. It's uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be cool, Kirsten. <laughs> Oh, wait, I don't get to do a cool outro because it's memory time. All right. I liked uh, Tessa's sort of searching out the boat secret. That was a a, a great use of um, the magic system. And I really liked that. And that's kind of why I copied it when we got into the room to see, like, she used it as well. Yeah, I am a big fan of the mystery harp. I am very curious to see where this goes. Obviously, Cobb is a little preoccupied with getting his hands on on the captain's booty, as it were. But I am very curious to see where this magical harp goes. Or I guess just like fancy harp. It doesn't have to be magic. Not everything has to be magic. I was enjoying the the kind of just character play of Penelope really committing to like not liking the dark and also to Pollyanna just kind of being frustrated. <laughs> She's used to Penelope's, uh, you know, her ways. <laughs> <laughs> She's used to her ways. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to Sword of Symphonies. Yeah, join us next time. You can catch us on Twitter at Peach Garden RPGs or on our website, sortofsymphonies.com. Let us know what you think. Play along with us. Let's have some fun, guys. Mm-hmm. It's super fun. Bye. I don't know about this fun. God damn it. I'm trying to do an outro. <laughs>